There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed, song of the redeemed. Well, thank you once again for tuning into the podcast. This is our Wednesday edition of the podcast. We are in the midst of Youth Week, and how we do thank the Lord for that. Thank the Lord for the preaching we've heard thus far, uh, for these great men of God that have come and gathered from all around this country to come into this place and to preach and to listen and to hear and to sing and to pray and to praise. And it's just been a good meeting, how we thank the Lord for it. And I pray that if you're in the area, you'd be able to come. We'd love to have you. I realize that we have a Wednesday night service. Most folks are in their home church, but we have morning services, 10 o'clock each morning through Friday. And then uh, we're going to have services at 7 o'clock each night, tonight through Friday night as well. And so we're looking forward to what the Lord is going to do. And so please pray for these meetings. We're back in Job 34 once again. And I start in verse 10. Elihu, of course, is speaking here. He's responding to Job. And he says, Therefore hearken unto me, ye men of understanding. Far be it from God that he should do wickedness, and from the Almighty that he should commit iniquity. And so again, he's making this good statement here. He says, men of understanding, men to understand, hear what I'm saying. Will God do sin? No, he will not. Will God do wickedness? No, he will not. Will God commit iniquity? No, he will not. Yet the Lord hath laid on him, Jesus Christ, the iniquity of us all. For the work of a man shall he render unto him and cause every man to find according to his ways. And that's what the problem with men is. And really repentance, when it boils down to it, repentance is part of repentance, I should say, is only this matter of your ways. God's ways are above our ways. God's ways are not our ways. Our ways are not God's ways. But God has a way which is above our way. God's mind is above our mind. And therefore, God uses that to bring us to a place where we see our great need. We come to a place we realize that we do not have what we need. We need more. We need the holiness of God. We need the work of God in righteousness. And God brings us to that place of repentance. My ways are nowhere near what God's ways are. And my ways, even today as a saved man, now God has put me in the right way, which is Jesus Christ. He is that way. He has put me on a right path, which again is through holiness and godliness. And he's put me on a path that leads in the word of God. That's how he leads us through the valley of the shadow of death. Because therefore, we have been passed from death unto life. We are made new creatures in Jesus Christ. And by the word of God, God can commit his ways to us. And it is ever learning to walk in that way. It's ever learning to come to that way. And I realize we're talking about a spiritual condition with men where, where their ways uh, are so far from God. But God uses that to reveal their iniquity. And so when he speaks here and he says, cause every man to find according to his ways, that's what he's trying to do. That's the work of God. 
And folks, as we've even seen in this meeting this week, uh, folks with self-righteousness, folks with a manner of apparel and attire and a deductive reasoning over the things they perceive as holiness, yet without inward holiness, fall short of God's glory. They have the outward adornment, but they don't have the inward adornment. They have the outward appearance, but they don't have the inward appearance. They have everything that the religion has taught them to do, but yet without holiness, yet without faith. And so God's ways are being revealed to man that he can see that his ways fall so so short of God's ways. If a young lady thinks that her attire is going to get her closer to God, she'll find somebody else has an attire that's better than hers. A young man thinks that his his perception of religion and maybe his separation is a little bit stronger than, than everybody else's, and that's going to get him to God until he meets somebody that has even stronger separation than what he does. You know, man's going to say, well, I don't drink any caffeine. Another man said, well, I don't drink any fruit juice because it has sugar. And another man says, well, I only drink distilled water. Another man says, well, I only drink spring water from Israel. And everybody bows and, no, holy, 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 oh, my goodness, what separation he has. But there's no faith in that. And yet that's what most folks are looking for. They're looking for some type of an adornment, some type of a, an, an ideal that they have that has brought them closer to God, yet without faith. And whatsoever is not a faith is sin. Then he goes on and says, yea, surely God will not do wickedly, neither will the Almighty pervert judgment. And that's what many people are doing. They're calling on God to pervert judgment. They're asking God to justify them, and they're asking God to justify them in perversion. And so they say, well, God understands, or God will know me. God knows my, my standing. God knows my abilities. God knows, And therefore, they're trying to justify their iniquities. God is going to do, do right. The Lord of heaven is going to always do what's right. He is going to judge in righteousness. He's not going to pervert judgment. He doesn't respect persons. And because he's no respecter of persons, he doesn't look at one person and judge according to their ways and then judge another man according to his ways. And those ways differ because God is righteous in his judgment. He gave us the word of God that he can judge us with the word of God. And that's why people are still lost in religion is they will not come come under that condemnation. They will not come under that judgment. They will not let any judge them, and certainly not God judge them, because they feel like their ways are satisfactory. And he said, who hath given him a charge over the earth? Or who hath disposed the whole world? If he has set his heart upon man, if he gather unto himself his spirit and his breath, all flesh shall perish together, and man shall turn again unto dust. And so he speaks of the Lord having creation, and not only having creation, but having his hand upon creation, and there's this idea today that, you know, the process of evolution is in creation, that, you know, God created all things and he just kind of turned this thing loose. And now everything's evolving as it turns out, because God created one time and then took his hand off of it. But he tells you right here, and this is very much contradictory to that ideal, that if he said, if he gathers up into his spirit, his breath, all flesh shall perish together. Therefore, God's breath is upon man. And that's why we have life. The only reason we have life. And when God takes that breath from us, we're dead. And so God is in charge. God does have his hand on this work. God does have his hand on creation. God does have his hand on your life. And you better have God's hand in your life. You need God's hand on your life or else you're going to perish. And I don't mean just perish physically. You're going to perish spiritually. We're in a day when men just discredit God. They feel like they got a powerless God, a weak God, a, a wimpy God. That's why we preach about, according to the scriptures, oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. 
because people have this idea there's this little wimpy God in heaven that he can't control things. He's allowing abortion. Therefore, you know, he's not strong enough to stop it. He's allowing gay marriage. He's not strong enough to stop it. No, because judgment against an evil works not speedily executed. That's what's taking place. Therefore, the hearts of the sons of men are fully set in them what to do evil. And so they're going to continue to do evil because judgment hasn't been executed. By the way, judgment has begun to be executed upon men. How many men have reaped what they've sown in this matter of abortion? How many ladies have reaped what they've sown in this matter of killing their babies? How many suicides? How many overdoses? How many sudden heart attacks? How many of them have reaped what they've sown and are not cognizant of that fact? Others are not cognizant of that fact. And then the, the folks go on. They live in sodomy. The recompense of their error with diseases and vileness, including AIDS. And you hear nothing about AIDS in the news anymore. They've pushed it aside. It's buried. They say it's rampant in America. There are counties down south in Mississippi, South Carolina, Alabama, places like that. that have such an alarming AIDS rate that the local health officials are crying. They're begging people. They're crying aloud. Please help. Please do something. And they, this is what they say. Education. You got to educate people. You got to teach people. They have to use protection. They got to be safe. No, it's a matter matter of them reaping what they've sown. It is the recompense of their error upon them. And therefore, because of that vileness, because men will not control their lust, if you're going to educate them, educate them in lust. Educate them in self-control. Educate them in keeping their pants up. Educate them keeping their clothes on. Educate them not to be fornicators. Don't educate them about how to do it. You educate them about how, what God says about it. And we're in a day when men are so vile and so foul and they just bounce from bed to bed and home to home and it's running rampant in America. And yet they're reaping that, but they say, well, judgment hasn't been speedily executed. That is the judgment of God. That is judgment of God upon them. How many mothers have had children that have died in the womb or died young as a recompense of their errors? And I myself have publicly spoken of that because of my sin. Because if I'm iniquity, I believe our first child was lost in the womb because of my iniquity. And I bear the burden of that. And I've shared that with my wife multiple times. Not long after it happened, I shared that with her. And I bear that responsibility. And it's a heavy load to bear. But folks just deny that. They say, well, that's not what God's doing. God's not operating that way. And God's a God of mercy. Yes, he is a God of mercy. I'm not dead and in hell. Thank God for that. I'm not going to die. My, my child that was in my wife's womb is not going to die and go to hell. Thank God. for that. It's a mercy that God took him. It's a mercy that God uh, took him out of this cursed world. It was a mercy to him. That is the mercy of God. And by the way, God's doing that with many of these children. God is protecting them. God's keeping them from the evil of this day. God is keeping them from the defilement of sin. And uh, don't weep over those children. Rejoice over those children uh, born of these mothers that hate God and that curse God, defile God, and born of those homes where they're neglected and abused. And they sit in the filth of life. And then somebody comes along and abuses them. And then they become an abuser. And they go out and they kill, they murder, they maim, they wound, they steal, they lie, they fornicate, they sodomize. And they're destruction on life. And then they die and they go to hell anyway. And what an awful life. What a terrible tragedy. And oh, what a tragedy it is to see lives destroyed by sin. That's why we have this youth week. Testimony after testimony of people that's lives were transformed by the preaching of the word of God. And people say, well, you know, we, we'd like to replicate this. You can't replicate what God is doing. And I, I like what the preacher says here. He says they like the results, but they don't like the recipe. And that's the way a lot of folks are. They don't like what it takes to get to this place. And by the way, you have to swallow a lot of pride to get to this place. You have to swallow a lot of pride to get to that place where sinners are going to be converted. You're going to have people come in to file the house of God. 
And by the way, they can't defile the work of God. They can't defile that body. What they can do is defile the pews, the chairs, the hymnals, the bathrooms, and everything else. They can defile those things, but they cannot defile the holiness of God. They cannot defile Jesus Christ. He hasn't a virtue for them. And a virtue can go out of him for the most vile sin. A virtue can depart from him and go out to the most vile of the families and the vile of the sinners and the most vile children in this world. But the reality is we have separated ourselves from them. I've challenged churches over these years. Why don't you have people here that aren't like you? Boy, they just abhor the thought. They despise the thought. They want people just like them. They want people that look like them, that act like them, that talk like them. They couldn't handle a vile sinner coming in. And yet that's who Jesus Christ came into this world to die for. It's who Jesus Christ came into this world. And he says down in verse 16, Now that hast understanding, hear this, hearken to the voice of my words. Shall even he that hateth right govern? And wilt thou condemn him? That is most just. Is it fit to say to a king, thou art wicked, and the princes, you are ungodly? How much less to him that accepteth not the persons of princes, nor regardeth the rich more than the poor, for they're all the work of his hands. So he reproves us in this matter. How much more people regard riches, they regard kings, they regard position, but God regardeth the poor. And when I say the poor, I mean the poor. I've known homes and places, even the last couple of months, we visited places that aren't fit to live, places crawling with lice and with vermin and with bugs, places open to the elements, places you wouldn't want your dog to stay, but you go there and you find a semblance of life and you find humans living there and you find children living there and you find families living there. And oh, how my heart goes out to them. Sin has destroyed them. Sin has brought them low. Sin has taken them to the brink of destruction. But they're a soul that Jesus Christ died for, just like he died for the rich man, just like he died for the saint, just like he died for those raised in the house of God, those raised in holiness, raised with long dresses, raised covering up their heads, raised without drunkenness, raised without foolishness, yet they died and go to the same hell without Jesus Christ. That's why he came. That's why he died. Pray for Youth Week. Lord Will will be back on here tomorrow with the next podcast. There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning, and he longs to return to the Lord as he cries for forgiveness and mercy. God is waiting. You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelist.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church. 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania, 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption draweth nigh. Now the angels of God are rejoicing, for the prodigal child has come home, and the saints all with gladness are singing.